Hello, and welcome to episode 328 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jack Holder, comics creator and writer of Legends of the Realm on Kickstarter now. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Jack, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. We're super excited to catch up with you. Um, but for anybody who hasn't heard the the previous episodes that you have been on, could you uh, start us off with the uh, the quick bio and the elevator pitch for this book that's on Kickstarter? Absolutely. And once again, uh, Matthew, Noah, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my name is uh, Jack Holder. I am a comics and uh, novel fi fiction writer, mostly focused on fantasy. Uh my current series, Legends of the Realm, is an epic fantasy series very much in the same vein as Dungeons and Dragons or Lord of the Rings, uh, with a little bit of uh, a twist. Are you a hero or a villain based on your actions, your motivations, or who is telling your story? Uh, Legends of the Realm is uh, a series of comics focused around a young mage, Camridian, as he journeys through the kingdom, searching for new miracles to help his adopted home. Uh, in this latest issue, The Drowned Promise, he is going deep into uh, a desolate desert looking for a magically man-made uh, oasis, hoping that maybe this can uh, kickstart new life into the wasteland around him and that the cost is not too high. Uh, that is on Kickstarter right now. And um, what um, are are you doing them with with issue numbers? Um, what what issue number would this be? This would be issue number three. Okay. Uh, we had a one shot graphic novella known as Torn Soul, and then uh, the series proper started with the Floated Dream and issue one, and now we're in the Drowned Promise issue three. And is there a, a plan for the number of issues or maybe a, a story arc that tells a you know a complete story, allows you to maybe, if you want to, take some time off, come back to it? Um, what's what's the plan here? Uh, this one's going to be a six-issue arc that's already uh, written and, for the most part, edited. Uh, that is going to be the first arc of each uh, of the first five issues, we actually constructed them and wrote them to make sure that uh, people could actually come in at any point and you wouldn't really need uh, to like read one, to read four, uh, or two for three. Uh, and the sixth issue is really the one that's going to tie everything together. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that uh, sixth issue, uh, my artist, Evan Scale, and I are willing to do as many uh, Legends of the Realm books as people are going to let us. Cool. Noah, do you have a question for Jack? Um, yeah. How do you guys stay on task to getting like this? I mean, like, I think we, we had you on in August of last year. So do you guys have like a a set timeline for how many issues you want out? a year and how do you stay on task with that uh the timeline is how it it really is uh based uh on uh, how quickly i can get the funds raised to pay uh evan uh 
he can work at a wonderful pace. If I had the funds to pay him, he could probably uh, shoot out four issues, five uh, a year and still keep it at that amazing quality. Uh, but right now we're doing, we're hitting about two issues a year. Uh, but we're doing that to make sure that uh, we get everything uh, squared away with uh, one issue and shipped out to backers before we get the next one started. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have a process where, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're kickstarting three um, you've written out the, um, did you say you'd written out the five and edited out the five? Um, the six. Yeah. Okay. So do you, does it, is it hard for you to, you know, be at a certain point in the series with like production where it's like, you know, it's still you scripting, taking notes from the editor and, um, you know, Evan's turning in pages from something that's, you know, maybe not the front of your mind because you've been working on, you know, scripting here. How do you sort of handle like, all right, mentally I was here, but Evan's just sent me a page that's here. So now I need to go back and be like, all right, I was like all about issue five, but now I got to get back in that like issue three mindset to, um, you know, review and all that kind of stuff. It actually sometimes uh, feels more uh nostalgic and reinvigorating at times because uh when you're writing a lot of times especially with fantasy uh you can get so far along as a writer and you're like okay is anyone really wanting to read this is anyone going to really want to see this and just as you're writing this uh you get a nice ping from evan hey the next four inks uh have been uh uploaded to google drive and you're just like and i'm back and i'm really excited about this uh so i i wouldn't count it as a negative i'd say it's very much a refocuses and re-energizes yeah and if i remember correctly he's in greece and correct he keeps pretty like night owl hours for for himself right um if if i had told him he probably could have jumped on this but i'm also looking at my clock going that's three in the morning right now maybe i'll <laughs> let him think about sleep sure yeah uh no a question yeah i had a question and i think we talked a little bit about this when we had you on in august but when you're coming up with settings for each issue uh are you sort of like theme first and then setting in characters afterwards? Because the floating city had some, um, I guess, like it, it kind of reminded me of like a classic Star Trek episode or something like that, where you have the setting sort of represents sort of the themes at play and things like that. And do you feel that's that's sort of like uh, that that's sort of the theme comes first and then sort of like the setting illustrates that theme or is it vice versa? Currently at this stage, uh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Like this first arc, we're really building and showcasing uh, the Kingdom of Danisfire and everything. Uh, and each location, it's 
the theme is like, okay, what's going on here? What's the locale? Uh, and yet you, you have these ideas of what you want the struggles to be. Uh, and uh, without giving too much away, you'll be like, okay, I'm looking for something that's both moving and interesting. And the theme is light. Okay, we're going to be in this area. So there's this going on. Oh, I can talk about a floating city. Oh, wait, I know that uh, there's going to be just south of here a druidic forest. Uh, and to the north will be the massive frozen ocean. And as the world develops... Uh, the setting will then actually help heighten the theme because time passes and uh, the setting sometimes will demand certain uh, you Next issue after this, it'll be uh, the setting will very much be playing into uh, the theme and the element that Cameridian is up against. Yeah, and there's something uh, very spiritual to the book i guess too of the idea of searching for a miracle and uh i'm not a big fan of the book but you know it it's like a it's like a more fun adventurous like version of like pilgrim's progress or something like that and i'm wondering is that is that like that's i'm guessing that may not be one of the influences but like sort of like as far as like spiritual journey um, i have fantasy like what what are your influences there I have I confess I have not read Pilgrim's Progress and I was really worried because you started with the I'm not a big fan of the book. I'm like, oh no. Uh but No <laughs> I could see how that would be yeah, Miss City. No, I am a big fan of Legends of the Realm for sure. <laughs> uh so the influences uh for Legends of the Realm, uh I'd say uh there was a lot of influence from uh, Chronicles of Narnia uh, and uh, Dragonlance, uh, the Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman uh, books. There's, uh, I think there was uh, the tale element of it. Uh, there was a lot of influence from both Canterbury Tales and just those one-shot superhero TV show episodes always where it was almost Crash-esque of, okay, who's got the whole story uh, and everything. Uh, but those would be uh, major influences. And of course, uh, Hiromu Arakawa's uh, Full Metal Alchemist is always going to be one of my influences because it's one of my favorite uh, comic slash manga books ever i think i remember uh, we talked about that last time the influence of manga on this book because we brought up i think you brought up dragon ball z also on the last podcast maybe i did like there's sort of a the action and it is very manga influenced and it feels it feels like that when it's i mean it's very like it's sort of like a slow build at least what i remember from the the first issue that's sort of like a slow build and then like all action sort of like a an episode of an anime or a manga yeah, and with the last issue set in stone, uh, it 
the entire issue is uh, a dialogue slash debate between two warriors as they try to send each other flying off a mountain bridge. Uh, <laughs> it, that one was fun. fun. Uh, I, what I love about uh, good ma manga uh, or manga, I I will always sound like a weeb when I uh, start trying to talk uh, in that uh, way or shape or form. Uh, it is uh, so often they uh, are like, you know what, if there's action, we don't need to have huge amount of dialogue going on here we don't need to listen to the inner monologue of the superhero or the villain let's just jump into it and sometimes i do think comics and uh, uh other mediums get too wordy especially in the let's explain everything especially mm -hmm. in fantasy so you guys have been working on this together, you and, and Evan. Um, when, you know, you have a number of, of characters that we know, um, whenever there's a new character, um, you know, that might be introduced to you guys. Do you give him any notes or, um, you know, inspiration? And then he gives you a character design. Um, how, how does it, if we, if we meet somebody new in the, the Legends of the Realm world, how does the... Uh, the look and the and the feel of the character get uh, worked out mostly by Evan. Mm -hmm. I, I I've mentioned this bef before. Uh, when you get that chance to work with uh, an artist that you really click with, mm -hmm. what you want is to get enough of your vision out there, just enough uh, to let him or her or them. Uh, work their own magic in the vision. Mm -hmm. uh, so last issue, uh, she's on the cover. Uh, the uh, other main character was a stone woman. And pretty much that was what I gave uh, Evan to work with. Hey, give me a stone warrior woman. She is going to be uh, very much a warrior and uh still very pretty still very much stone what can you do with this and he'll give he'll toss out a couple ideas but uh he's got that sort of uh knack that he can just zero in really quick you guys had you guys worked on stuff um before um legends of the realm like as short stories anthology stories had you guys worked together before so the a uh, creative journey for us was I had a uh, short story uh, book that I was getting illustrated. Uh, so I sent out a call on one of the freelancer sites looking for artists. Evan was one of the people that jumped on. He was very enthusiastic and uh, we loved working together. Mm -hmm. uh, then we ended up doing an anthology piece together uh, for uh, Wannabe Press and Russell Nulty for Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. And after that, we really were clicking together a lot. So I gave him a few ideas, uh, 
Foreign Soul was one of them. That was the one that I was always like, okay, this needs the right artist. And that was the one that Evan was like, this is the one that really resonates with me. Okay. Uh, and from there, it's like, oh, we're it's actually really working well together. And we'll see this at conventions because there'll be uh, people will be picking up the books. Uh, Torn Soul is my number one bestseller uh, since it hit my con table uh, because they just keep wanting more. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, I think, is the greatest indicator of success is when people uh, it, when people keep buying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Evan a really cool. uh, traditional artist, digital artist, or maybe a, a combination of the of the the two? I think a combination, but he leans a lot more into the digital. Okay. Uh, it it makes things easier with uh just because of the time difference slash massive uh, uh distance distance. Um, and I probably should know this, but is is Micah your your letterer on on the book? Micah Myers, uh, I pretty much go with uh, to him for all things lettering because the man is like, oh, you got a a, a thirty two page comic that to be lettered by tomorrow, and uh, these three pages that you've done literally nothing on. Yeah, I can whip that up in an afternoon. Cool. Uh, you'll pay. You'll pay me. <laughs> that's amazing and, and that's that's so you've had a solid and complete uh team throughout um does evan do uh, and i should know this does evan do his own colors or or evan does his own colors uh he didn't flat for torn soul and the only reason was we wanted to get it out as quickly as possible so he uh flatted with a friend but uh he colors uh inks, pencils, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, he doesn't uh, ink or color the covers, but he does the pencils. Oh, okay. So Who does the covers? Uh, yeah, so he does pencils for the covers. Inks are by a man named Rusty Gilligan, and colors are by Jay Morse. Oh, cool. Very cool. Cool. It must be great to have the, the same team uh, throughout. You guys probably sort of developed a shorthand and you know kind of know that like hey as you said like if if i turn pages over to to, to micah you know i can expect maybe 12 24 hours i'm gonna i'm gonna see those again and then you know you know evan is is over there in greece you know working all hours of the night like a madman um so that like you might be waking up to pages uh uh, in the morning and stuff like that. So you guys probably have a shorthand and kind of ex know everybody's deadline or not deadline, but sort of like their timelines and, you know, what they are capable of and, and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. Uh, you really get a se sense with uh, working together. It It's one of those great things about being able to have a sustained working relationship Uh and then you can, uh, once that happens, you get to start having fun and exploring. It's like, hey, do you want uh, three pages just to have fun fight scenes? And, or, hey, I'm going to be doing this sort of uh, 
huge dialogue on this uh, question of theology. Do you think you can make that more interesting? That those are the sorts of things that you can do when you trust uh, that uh, each other's own visions. So um, I think in a little bit, we're going to transition to the sort of the crowdfunding talk, but I don't want to leave like art and story um, in case Noah has uh, something else that lends itself to, to that topic. Yeah. Um, on the topic of like talking heads and deep discussions and comics and things like that. Um, how do you keep your word down word countdown you know on each page when you have like heavy ideas to you know to explore in your book because um and i think robert kirkman's the one who says like you know keep it down to 200 words is that is that a struggle for you or do you feel like you've got that down like you know you know how to be succinct with explaining your ideas and conveying what you want to the uh, reader i it's weird. That's one of the few things that uh, is not that hard for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it it hurts me sometime when I uh, jump into comics with concepts that I really enjoy. And like a good half of the page is just going to be dialogue bubbles. Uh, and I'm like, how, how much of this could the artist have played with? Uh, mm. what you, what I think our writers need to always understand is that uh, the readers didn't come there directly for you and your dialogue they came for your ideas they came for your characters and uh, they came especially for the art uh, I try really hard to make sure that even when I'm presenting these big giant ideas to uh, not try and rehash everything. Uh, I see comic issues where it's like, okay, and uh, the first three pages, we will be rehashing everything that has happened over the last 10 issues. Uh, and I'm like, just give me a previously. Uh, and you should always be thinking as a, a writer, uh, keep the reader engaged, not just with snappy dialogue, but uh, what can the people be doing? Uh, are they rummaging through uh, ruins? Are they traveling through an amazing setting? Are they climbing a waterfall? Uh, it's, it's those things that really actually help engage and keep people thinking about how awesome your ideas are because uh, your idea will then be connected to said awesome thing. Very cool. I like that answer a lot. Thank you. Matt, you want to take it to crowdfunding now? Yeah, sorry. I was, I was muted there for a second. Yeah. Um, couple of questions uh, on crowdfunding. Um, you know, with a third issue, um, are you seeing um, a lot of returning um, people? Um, and, and do you think as a crowdfunder, um, 
each time you bring an issue to the series is it is it easy or is the struggle still the still the same to to get eyes and ears on it the struggle uh very much is still the the same mm -hmm. uh but i've got i've got that wonderful problem uh of so many of the backers like i'm checking out the campaign i've got 92 backers uh raising uh just over 1800 uh for a 2500 goal and so many of them are just getting uh the latest issue because they got legend they got torn soul they got the floated dream they got set in stone i've got so many returning fans who are just getting the uh small rewards and i get it and i am so happy because it means that I, I had an amazing uh, day one on backer count, mm -hmm. like over 50 backers was like my best day one ever. Uh, but not in money wise, because so many of them, again, were returning. So my challenge right now isn't on them, because I, I am now getting that core, amazing fan base who are absolutely wonderful coming back. I need to keep pushing out against my own introverted tendencies, and I need to be getting more and more people out there. I need to work on that elevator pitch on uh, the internet. I need to figure out new places to find readers, mm -hmm. which I know in comics is so hard. Uh, like you would think with how many comic book mo movies and how many fantasy TV shows are out there oh fantasy books must just sell themselves no they don't uh, we still have to sell them it is still very hard but it is still very rewarding and um, do you try to make the the Kickstarter pages uniform so that like um if i'm a returning um customer i kind of like you know all the stuff sort of is as i remember it i'm just um you know i'm I'm going i'm like all right i'm a returning customer i know when i'm coming in here i'm coming here for the for the new issue here or do you play with the the pages to try to um test things out improve things or if there's something that maybe you didn't like or think maybe underperformed or just wasn't something that clicked with a lot of people, you go, hey, I'm going to take this out. I know that you and I are both members of, of Comics Launch, and we've seen sort of the the templates there. We've seen what, you know, our, you know, our co-creators in that group have made. So so how are you handling um, Kickstarter pages, being able to build, you know, multiple Kickstarter pages in this series? Uh for the most part, you're keeping it uh, close to uniform mm -hmm. uh, just to make it ease of use, but you're constantly trying to figure out those tweaks. Uh, also because Kickstarter itself is a website that's tweaking its uh, its own uh, features. Yeah. Uh, it ju We just opened up on Kickstarter uh image reward uh 
images for the rewards, which means you had to go out and create those so you could get that. Uh, they also have new advanced analytics where you're actually tracking uh, like how many returning backers, how many new backers, what are the uh, what websites or links are they clicking? Uh, you, you can track the percentage of previous campaigns, how what percentage of backers have already backed this campaign. It's the amount of information uh, that is uh, out there is insane. And right now it's filtering it and uh, sorting through it and not just finding what is useful, but figuring out how it is useful to you, uh, which is why marketing teams get paid the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Noah, crowdfunding question? I have so many because I'm trying to put one together right now. And uh, one of the big ones, I guess, is uh, tagging the Kickstarter. Uh, what do you find are the the best ways of labeling your 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 page so that people find it the best way, find it the easiest? Do you tag it by genre? Do you tag it by things that it's similar to? What do you find works? Are you talking hashtags like uh, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, and on Kickstarter? I've I've noticed that there are tag there's a tag option there, like keyword searches. I guess that's another thing. You know, for for on Kickstarter, do you do you put a lot of thought into that, or do you just sort of rely on your audience and you know word of mouth and social media sharing for people to find the the the, the yeah, campaign? I, I... I don't focus on the tags as much. Uh, you make sure that uh, you're in the right genre, comic book uh, or publishing. Uh, that part isn't uh, the part for uh, Kickstarter. It's more about uh, what are you doing uh, to capture the eye almost immediately. Uh, it, if you wanted something that would immediately catch someone's eye, you'd you'd start with something like uh, "Not Safe for Work" uh, or uh, "Cthulhu." Uh, it it's not uh, that it, you'll get a lot more eyes, uh, but that's also very crowded field. So you'd also have to uh, really bring your A game there. Mm -hmm. uh but that's the sort of thing uh there uh and the main thing i see uh that can go wrong in kickstarter is uh a re someone viewing your page uh that doesn't know you is really gonna catch on whether or not you feel very passionate of uh, uh about the project just from how you are presenting. Uh, you may be very passionate about the project inside, but if it's not translating on the Kickstarter page, if you're not sometimes literally saying why uh, Legends of the Realm means so much to me uh, and why it should matter a lot to you, uh, people, uh, 
are not going to get excited. And if they're not going to get excited, they're going to be like, you know what, maybe I'll save that for later and I'll catch you in the final 48 hours, or they're not even going to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it really is about uh, hitting that emotional button just hard enough for them to go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll chip in a few bucks for here. And you're, yeah. I guess, doing the the same methods that a lot of us are doing, you know, social media, podcasts, YouTube, you know, live streams, and you have a, a website and a mailing list too, correct? Yes. Uh, mailing list is definitely the primary uh, source there. Uh, I do things like uh, newsletter builders, uh at every convention I go to, there's some nice uh, newsletter sign-up sheets. And thanks to some new investments, it's like, and you get a Legends of the Realm sticker if you sign up for a newsletter. And just like that, uh, my newsletter sign-ups shot up through the roof just by saying, and you get a free sticker. Very nice. nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good bit of uh, advice there. Um Cool. So I think what I'm going to do now is the the standard question for somebody who comes on that is running a Kickstarter. Are you refreshing the page every every 30 seconds to see where you're at? Or I know you have a young one at home. Do you uh, put her in the stroller and, and go for a walk and chill and see what's what is it, what it's at or maybe a little combination of the two? He is at that age right now where I sometimes can't even pick up my phone. Okay. She is very good at uh, commanding or demanding uh, uh, 130% of your attention. Nice. Um, oh, no. Yes. I absolutely adore her. I know this is, these are the moments that you will remember and cherish forever. And I also will be napping alongside her. When I should be writing my newsletter updates. Very cool. That's adorable. Well, um, awesome. So, I have a and if if you don't have a lot um, that that you can go into, but I know that you are looking for for people for 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 another project. Is is that right? Um, do you want to yes. talk a little bit about that right now? Uh, my church is actually sponsoring an interfaith comics anthology. And it's actually becoming more magazine, a straight up uh, collection of interfaith works. Uh, uh, the subject is hope and light. Uh, we'll be accepting short stories, comics, uh, artwork, poetry, uh, illustrations. If if it can translate and be printed on the page, we'll probably look at it. Uh, like I said, interfaith, uh, we will be accepting uh, works from people uh, from all walks of life, uh, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, uh, pagan, atheist, agnostic, even Christian uh, will <laughs> accept those. Uh, the main guidelines are uh, develop uh, your uh artwork to the highest uh, artistic in, and create creative integrity you possibly can. And don't be a dick to other people while uh, show, 
showcasing your own beliefs. Yeah. Uh, those two rules have served me well in two anthologies uh, that I've run. And I, I think keeping with them really helps. Very cool. Um, Very cool. And, you know, we this is May of 2023 when we're recording this. Um, is the, the, do you have like a Google doc for, for people to sort of submit or, um, is, is the period still open to, to submit to it? Uh, the period will be closing very soon. Very soon. Okay. Um, so if you're listening to this, um, right after it comes out, you probably want to act quicker. Um, you know, don't, don't put it off, try to, um, but we can put a link to in the show notes for it and all that, you know, good stuff. So um, you want to probably act pretty quickly. Yes. Cool. Um, do you, and maybe something you're planning out, is that something that you're going to take to, to crowdfunding when it's um, all put together? We absolutely will be taking it to crowdfunding. The current plan is uh, early 2024 mm-hmm. uh, to give creators enough time to, develop the artwork and uh for us to showcase it and uh generate that good buzz cool and was the church aware of your two previous um anthologies um so maybe they it it wasn't like you walked in one day and they're like hey we want to make a book and you're like oh i know a little bit about that or they they already (laughs) they they had a they had an expert in-house I, I've been working with them. They helped uh, stake the funding for some of the funding for uh, my previous Kickstarter for Faith in Each Other, a Christian fantasy comic. And they sponsored that. And then I'm, I was like, well, maybe we can do even more in this uh, sort of vein. And they're like, well, what's what's next? Uh, this is something that I'm uh, passionate about great go do it very cool awesome so let's um let's close up with um the the you know you gave us an elevator pitch and you gave us another elevator pitch if you want to go a little bit more in depth with the pitch um tell us a little bit more about this awesome book that's on kickstarter um and the best places to to follow you online absolutely uh so the Drown Promise is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, Leg- Legends of the Realm is about the young mage Cameridian and his journeys through the kingdom of Danisfire. Is he a hero? Is he a villain? It depends on who's telling the story. In this issue, uh, journey with him deep into uh, the wasteland to find a magically made uh, oasis no- known simply as Fountain. Uh Hopefully that could be the start of rejuvenation for the kingdom. But is uh, the magic's cost truly worth it? Uh, you can find that uh, and all of our previous issues of Legend at Legends of the Realm, issues one through three on Kickstarter. Uh, and you can find me uh, at Jack Holder AI on Twitter and at Arcane Ink Industries. Uh, on Facebook and arcaneinkdustries.com. Cool. Well, we're definitely going to link the uh, the show. We're going to definitely link the the Kickstarter and uh, the places to to follow you along in the in the show notes. So we're recording at the 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 start of May 2023. 
Uh, what's the last day that this Kickstarter will be, um, you know, active for, for people to to pledge to? Uh, early on May 20th. May 20th. So you got roughly okay. three weeks um, of, uh, you know, funding goal and, and open period here. So. Awesome. Cool. So again, links to all of this stuff is going to be in the show notes, but Jack, it's, it's been awesome uh, catching up with you again. Um, sounds like um, if you guys keep up on this pace, um, we'll be back to talk about uh, issue four, um, maybe about six to eight months. Is that um, what you're thinking? Around that time. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you want to follow our podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is just Constructing Comics. Um, again, just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>